Well, it's got a it's got a high level of musicality, John. No, um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's that's perfect. <laughs> go i would like to talk about how we stream music in different situations right or how other people other people might and i'm talking about the different technologies but i'll get into that in a moment and what i want to do is i really want to tie it into something that you and i both have well you've reviewed it already and i've just got it it's the um, unity atom from name yes i have i use one of the we use one in the i bought the review sample i really like it yeah, well, I'm thinking about doing the same because, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever listened to as much music as an audiophile reviewer as I have with this piece of gear. Because it's you can wonderful. Just... <laughs> it's so good. Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how do you how do you have yours set up at home? So I just have it on my sideboard, um, firing into a pair of Kef LS50s. Okay, and it's. Ethernet in, and that's it. You know, that's that's pretty much what I'm doing with mine. I've I've actually got mine hooked up. Um, if you if you peek on that uh, audiophile apartment Facebook page, I've got it. I've got it plugged into a pair of old vintage uh, ADS four hundreds mm-hmm. with um, Radio Shack speaker wire, <laughs> and you know it it sounds great. It sounds great. It's, um, I listen to a lot of music. I mean, a lot of times, you know, that's a spot to just, you know, sit and uh, type and edit copy. And, mm. you know, it's kind of the back bedroom system. And then a lot of times, uh, Pam and I watch movies on, you know, laptop time or what, watch Family Guy and stream right to it from, use it as a, a Bluetooth connection. Or mm. I've got it set up as a rune endpoint as well, so it's it's working in all three, all three situations. So I, I mean, I obviously, ha- yeah, I have it connected as a rune endpoint, but this is my, f- it's it's my first experience with Google Cast. No, that's not true. It's my second experience with Google Cast. Okay. Um, my f- my first experience with Google Cast was with with the um, the Chromecast audio, which I didn't like very much because I just I really didn't enjoy the sound of it. Um, plugged into an ex- like a I think it was a MyTech deck I was using at the time, but okay. mainly because even what I like about Cast is it's it sends the URL to the device. So when you're playing something on your phone, you click Cast. It doesn't stream from your phone to the device. It just sends the URL of that music stream to the device, and then it pulls it down. So you can turn your phone off, and the music keeps playing, right? Which That's I really cool. like. Right, yes. that's what Google, so in most, I have to get this right. Well, maybe I'm not, I won't be right, but with certainly with the name Unity, Unity Atom, when you click cast, it, it just sends the URL to the Unity Atom, the Unity Atom streams, whatever you're casting, right? So it can be a browser, um, audio, like I was listening to a BBC podcast this morning. But if you click, if you use Tidal, it doesn't play gaplessly. In fact, the gap is like four seconds between tracks. It's horrendous. Hmm. Um, See, I and didn't even notice on, that. Yeah, I mean, it's, but I mean, but is it is it <laughs> if you're just streaming title or if you're mm. streaming title through Rune? Mm-mm. Title through Rune is a different deal. This okay. is like See, you, that's you, all I do. I'm I'm lazy. Right. I I just like having <laughs> one. Now that we have Rune set up everywhere, every even mm. the garage is a Rune endpoint. So I 
I just use one thing. I'm really lazy. I hate screwing around with this stuff. Right, but here's the thing. So because you know I'm a bit of a techno head, a bit of an electronic music fan, most of that, most of the really cool shit is on SoundCloud. And oh, okay. No, so there's no SoundCloud in Rune, obviously. So I have to, I, I like to cast that to the atom. So I've just been going bananas just casting all this SoundCloud stuff because it's the it's it's a really easy way to play SoundCloud content through a device. Okay. Um, I think it's fantastic for that. Uh, for I Tidal, will try that. Yeah, for Tidal, I wouldn't touch it. I don't like Tidal through through um, the Google Cast. I'm much like you. I prefer to do it through Rune. Right. But what, I guess is what I'm, what I'm trying to get at with this episode is that, that many, you know, different people use different devices different ways. And what I really like about the Unity Atom is that it, um, it, it really opens the doors to a lot of different ways of connection. And some I like and some I don't. So, I mean, Bluetooth I don't use in the house. I only use it for headphones, really. Yeah, we, you know, we really don't use that much. Um, mm. You know, the, I actually, um, I use Bluetooth a little bit. Again, I'll, I was working on setting up more hi-fi out, out, in, the, out in the other office in the garage. And mm. that, for right now, until I get that exactly where I want it, I've been, I've been just streaming title Bluetooth to uh, Zeppelin out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that works pretty well. I and mean, sometimes... Do you ever use your... T, do you have a Bluetooth from your TV to a, a thing like this, Jeff? Or um, You know, in the... I'm not sure if this would qualify. In the living room, what I've done, I got a, the cheapest projector I could find at Best Buy for... Th you know, in Epson for three ninety nine, mm -hmm. And I have this giant wall that's probably about... I'm going to say about two and a half meters by about about six meters. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just one solid wall, makes for a great screen, use the Epson, and I use a Mac Mini out there to stream Hulu, and then um, sound goes Bluetooth to a Zeppelin out there. That's my home oh, theater, dude. I see. Zeppelin sounds really good. It's, um, you know cheapy projector i had an old mac mini laying around that i wasn't using i mean total cost for home theater is about 900 bucks huge picture i mean for me i'm not a video guy at all i mean mm -hmm. i can i can certainly appreciate these people that have spent you know half a million dollars on a theater system mm -hmm. but if if i were to choose between you know just having a i mean just having a big picture with okay two channel sound is still way better than looking at a movie on your laptop or something like that. Or for that matter, even for me, even on a, you know, on a 60 or 70 inch screen, I like having the big screen, you know, so I, it's, I agree. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I'm happy to make a compromise on sound quality with my TV I'm viewing just to have like a bigger image. Agreed. I, don't have, yeah. I don't have a big TV. It's funny. I am looking at projector at the moment to uh, Bluetooth to that, but. Um, now, did you did you grow did you grow up you grew up in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Did they have anything there when you were growing up that was an equivalent to our drive-in movies? No, that's a very American thing. Oh, okay. Because to me, that's what that that's what that sixteen foot wide screen is in the living room with the with the Zeppelin. It's like going to the drive-in, you mm. know. So it's it's just it's still fun. The watching the big monsters and spaceships and you know all of that. I mean, plus South Park looks great that big, so there you go. <laughs> well, 
Well, so name also sent me a muso. So I might I might get a projector and then use the muso as the the, the, the kind of fancy soundbar, but Bluetooth from the you know from the projector to the muso for the sound. Yeah, yeah, try that. I bet you'll like it. Yeah, we have we have one of those too, and mm. you know Pam's got that in her office. So I mean. We're all streaming something a little bit different all over the house. And, mm. you know, it is handy. It really makes this. I mean, I even do that. I even do that in the car. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, streaming um, streaming title from my phone, Bluetooth in the car mm. seems to be working pretty well. That's good. I think, I mean, Bluetooth is a sort of. A universal catch-all like everybody knows how to use it um and it goes everywhere pretty much doesn't it it goes into the car goes to headphones goes to sound bars and things like that it's yeah and you know i think i think the fun thing about bluetooth for a lot of these devices that you and i are playing with is really when a you know let's say your friend comes over and says hey have you heard this blah you know it's real easy for them to just take their phone and stream to your device and play something for you i like i like that aspect i'd say that's probably my favorite aspect I agree. That's. I mean, it really is good, isn't it? So with Apple AirPlay, I don't know whether you use it, but I never use it. And for one reason, it, it uses the phone as the proxy. So the audio comes from the cloud to the phone, and then the phone sends it to, in my case, the Unity Atom from Name. And unlike, as, as we previously discussed, unlike Google Cast, if you turn the phone off, the music stops. Ooh, not good. Uh, and that's that's the cornerstone of Apple AirPlay, really. I don't. Does I really it don't... does it also when you use Apple AirPlay, does it then drain the battery at a higher rate? Yes, it does. That's the other. That's uh -huh. the other bad thing about it. I mean, if I use Apple AirPlay, and that's the other reason I don't use it because Bluetooth it doesn't really hammer your battery too hard, but AirPlay seems to really sort of take it out of it, and that's assuming you have an iOS device. Because yeah, you know, and, and again, not everybody does, you know, I no, mean, there's no. still, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, what would you say? I'd say two thirds of the world still doesn't have an AirPlay device. Yeah, well, as far, yeah, I think about two thirds of people have Android devices. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got one of those, I mean, do you know about these LG V30 smartphones? Um, we were talking about it a little bit when we were together in Munich, and I know Bob Stewart was raving about it. He says it's got the best DAC of any phone out there. Well, it's funny because Bob Stewart would say that because he had a hand in um, helping the LG software developers ah, uh -huh, make sure the that the, yeah, make sure that this, the operating system doesn't resample, upsample from the, from the software player all the way down to the hardware layer. So, oh, okay. yeah, so it has a great DAC, but it also has proper it has properly bit perfect software in it and this phone jeff i tell you it sounds fantastic <clears throat> it really does it's but obviously no airplay so I, I mean i it's a compromise i'm more than happy to make is that when you say it has great sound is that going usb out or streaming out or just playing straight out of the audio the line outs playing straight out of the headphone socket it sounds fantastic oh okay all right because phones don't, don't sound so good, you know, we go off and get a DAP, you know, from Aston Kern or from Sony. And we use that because the phone sucks in terms of sound quality most of the time. Right. Um, well, this phone does not. It sounds, you know, as good as, it sounds better than my Sony ZX2 DAP. 
and that cost fifteen hundred wow. bucks a few years ago. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's it's really this is the first phone I've I've heard that I, you know, it doesn't have me scrambling around for my dragonfly to plug into the USB, just straight out of the headphone socket. Well, just the fact, you know, from somebody who's an Apple guy, just the fact that the damn thing has a headphone socket is really outstanding. And I've heard, and I need to check this out, I've heard the LG phones have better cameras. Uh, I used it a lot in Munich. I don't, it's okay, I don't love it. I mean, sometimes okay. sometimes it was really good. It's, it's, it's great for street photography. Um, low light, it's not too bad. But then again, I'm always looking for something to replace my DSLR and nothing ever gets close. So, well, it's, you know, it's chip size, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Every I mean, I the the iPhone in in bright light in modest contrast does a pretty pretty good job. Yeah. But where it falls down, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like tape almost or it's almost like sampling rate, you know? I mean, if you're recording at, you know, 192.24 versus recording at you know 1644 or lower you're just not capturing as much data and you don't have as much dynamic range uh, digital photography is the same thing it's mm. it's just like sound it's all about dynamic range yeah and you know bandwidth so yeah well, yeah but, but the camera's fine but the thing is it's pro it this phone probably doesn't have the best camera probably doesn't have the best screen it's got a few little os quirks i don't mind but these are all compromises i'm happy to make so that I don't have to carry an Astel and Kern or a Sony DAP around with me. It's just like one device, it sounds great. And that great sound, you know, I, I, I use it with Spotify, with SoundCloud, with Tidal, with Kobo sometimes. You know, I just use it for, every, it's, it's relevant to everything. So I'm not How's having, the battery life on that phone? Like a normal phone, like I, I hammer this thing all day. And you know, okay. by, the, by the end of the day, it's getting close to like 10%, but it's, I mean, most DAPs only give you, well, the average DAP gives you, what, nine hours, 12 hours? Only this, the old Sony gives you 25. So, yeah, it's, it's I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. But here's, here's the other thing that I really, um, really like about it, Jeff, is that you know, uh, you're a Rune, Rune user, so you'll appreciate this, is you can install Rune to it. And you know that Rune can play through the headphone socket on the remote device that it's installed on, right? Right. So, and then that device will also show up on the network as another endpoint. So I can get, take my phone, take the three and a half mil out into the back of an integrated amp with an RCA socket, put it on the side, and that's a Rune endpoint on my network that I can stream to at any time. See, I'd buy one just for that. Right, I think it's really cool. And do you know how good this thing sounds? I, I think, I mean, for me, it's, I, I would not be able to split it from the Auralic Aries Mini um, or even a laptop with a dragonfly attached. So just wow. for, just for that, it's worth it. I think it's it's, it's absolutely superb. And wow, that that's impressive, right? And that's what's pulled me away from um, a sort of my cozy Apple ecosystem. Back to my back to the uh, the Unity Atom. So, I mean, it does Bluetooth, Apple AirPlay, which I don't use. Spotify Connect, which I use one hell of a lot, and this is interesting. Some, this is a bit of um, a bit of a hot button issue for me. I, I really love it when devices ship or eventually add Spotify Connect 
So okay, now enlighten me on this one because I'm I'm completely ignorant here on this. Okay, so you need um, a premium a premium account. So basically, you need to pay for your Spotify, like ten bucks okay. a month, which I think is we've okay. covered in previous episodes is ludicrous. It's ludicrously expensive. Uh, it's ludicrously cheap. So what, you, what? So what you do is when you're streaming something, Jeff, on your on your network at home. Okay. When you click play, if you click on the devices, well, the word devices in in on, on the UI, you click on that, and it will show you all the other devices on your network that can play catch on the Spotify stream. So if, effectively, what you do is when you nominate one. So if I click Unity Atom, the stream will then be diverted to that device. So like Google Cast, the device, the Unity Atom, is then being instructed to pull down that music from the Spotify servers instead of my phone. So then I can then the phone becomes a remote control rather than a streamer. Which is nice. Which is awesome because, I mean, I keep a Spotify account going because there's a lot of music on it that I can't find on Tidal or on Cobas. So, I've, I, yeah, I just and I think a lot of people have Spotify. It's the kind of it's the universal. I guess it's the universal language of streaming. People, you know, it's it's, it's the diet coke of streaming. <laughs> the diet coke. Actually, that's a very good analogy, isn't it? Because it's not there it's not go. like full sugar so, coke, is it? It's the diet coke. Yeah, or the Coke Zero. It's the Coke Zero of streaming. But um, a lot of people have it, and I, th- you know, when I, when I find that devices have it or add it eventually through firmware updates, I do get I do cover it actually on my site. I think it's important. Um, okay, well, I will. I will join you then. I'll. I'll get a. I'll get a Spotify account and I'll start screwing around with that. So, so if I give you a list of things that I think you can stream to, so the okay. Uni- Unity Atom has Spotify Connect. Um, okay. My Auralic Aries Mini does. Uh, okay. The Kef LS50 Wireless do. Uh, what else has Spotify Connect? I know the new Hegel amps. Are, are, well, one of them is slowly adding it. Um, I wonder. I'm going to check the Gold Note because they've got streaming built in. I wonder, yeah, they um, probably some do. Some of the actually. Sim Audio stuff, we yeah. can check that. So it's worth looking because I, I, you know, when I mean, not everybody has Tidal, and not everybody can have Tidal because of regional restrictions. So right, you know, I, you know, I've noticed that with even some of the high res downloads, you know, they can't. That guy, <laughs> who's the guy over there in Europe, Lothar? Oh, Lothar, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, he's got a whole bunch of cool stuff on his site, but I can't download any of it here no, in the you states. Can't. Uh, well, not without um, a VPN, you can't. But but to get people over here on our side of the fence, the pond, excited about it, and then they can't get it, mm. then, then they just all get on audio forums and get crabby. <laughs> no comment. Cranky pants, as you say. That's <laughs> Cranky been my. Pants, yeah. That's been my. That's been my new. Uh, that's been my new catchphrase around here. It's right. Uh, I've 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 identified more than one cranky pants recently. So um So here's some good news for cranky pants on on internet forums. Um a lot of people out there basically you know how Tidal when you stream high res content from Tidal it's MQA encapsulated. And right. and some people to put it mildly, they don't like that. They, right. They're not into it. So in, I mean, I, I don't want to give a specific timeline because I'm not quite sure, but some point between now and Christmas, Cobas are planning to launch in the USA. Right, right. David Solomon's been talking about that. Right. So yeah. what's, 
for the again for the uninitiated like me what's the difference between cobas and title is that something i want in addition to or is that something i want instead of it depends upon well i i guess hmm i'm, I'm pretty sure their libraries are different so okay there's a, there'll probably be a small library variation so if you're really into french music i'm, I'm sure there's going to be more on cobas than on title um, Got it. The, the fundamental difference for audiophiles that really get nerdy about formats is that okay. the Kobos will stream high res, but they'll do it natively. There'll be no MQA, so it'll be 2496 straight down the pipe. Hmm. So if you want, if you like that, that's, I mean, I don't know, like high res is such a small concern for me. It's such a. Well, right. I mean, dude, it's, it's like so, DSD, you know, where people get so wiped bent out of shape you know well it doesn't do dsd and i always ask people well how many dsd recordings do you have four yeah. okay yes. how many you know how many you know cd res quality recordings do you have oh mm. i have fourteen thousand of those okay mm. so you're worried about yeah so you can see so. this is why i i kind of i tend to sort of bang on about being a music first audiophile because i'm 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 happier with spotify connect and its glorious library than worrying about the small library of high-res files that might be streamable from Kobos or Tidal or wherever. So I, I go where the music goes, you know. <laughs> Half the music I like sounds terrible anyway, so it doesn't matter. It does, know, yeah, it's... it doesn't matter. But however, for those who really want to hear some kind of piano concerto in 24192, Kobos is going to have you covered. So that's launching Got soon. It. I mean, okay. I think, I mean, obviously the UI is going to be different on the apps. So maybe you don't. Got it. I hear a lot of people. This actually troubles me a little bit. Is you see okay. a lot of people online complain about how Tidal is pushing all that black music up in their faces, and they don't say black music; they say hip hop. But what they really mean is black music. And right. I I hear when I when I read that when I hear that I can't help but think there's a kind of latent racism going on. Like I don't want to see all these black people in my face when I'm trying to play my white guy classical music, you know? <laughs> I'm I'm being serious, Jeff. It does it does No, no, you know. I you know, but it's funny. I it's <laughs> it's really funny and I have to say this, I, I have to play the the old man card on you here on this one. I mean yeah. how well how old were you back in about eighty three, eighty four when when hip hop first really started? I was twelve. I was too young for it. Okay. Yeah, see, and that was the thing. I have to tell you, growing up in Wisconsin, I mm. mean, really white bread, I mean, the license plates say America's Dairyland, <laughs> you know. Um, back when I first heard, you know, Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, Public Enemy, all of that stuff, I love that music. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it was, it was like the new punk rock right. almost. I mean, straight out of Compton, to me, was hip-hop's, sergeant pepper right okay but people looked at me really really weird i mean i didn't even have long hair back then and <laughs> you know but they're just like you're listening to that rap crap and i'm like it's really good what are you talking about mm. and there's there's always i mean mainstream rock fans more at least at, again at least all the ones i've ever known have always had a real disdain for that genre of music and i i've never quite understood it you know but the other thing is is that title is a business and title is not a business aiming at audiophiles it's a business that's aiming at the mainstream and audiophiles just happen to be allowed to tag along or piggyback on the back of it getting their 
um, lossless streaming, right? But mainly, it's right. title is aimed at kids that are into Beyonce, Jay Z, obviously who owns it, Kanye, and all these kind of hip hop artists. So of course they're going to push it, you know, in the app and go, you got to listen to this, go listen to this. Why because, would they not? Yeah, you'd be crazy to be like, well, we're going to play this, play Switzerland on this, guys, and you can just find it if you want to. I mean, it's just insane. It's not how to run a business. But so anyway, so when I when I see people whinging about, you know, having black music foisted upon them, I th- I think is it like do you not understand business or are you a little bit racist or is it a bit of both? I really yeah, could be. You know, yeah, like, I I well, and it's such a scary time too here. I mean, yeah. I don't know how it is over there, but I mean here in America, you know, anything you say is a hate crime. Is a you know you're being racist, you're being this, you're being that. I mean, it's just sure. like with this whole thing with. You know, with all the new Facebook pages popping up that are, you know, women friendly and, oh, there's all of us women in hi-fi. And and I'm sitting here going, well, there always were plenty of women in hi-fi and there always were plenty of women that listen to music. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I just never noticed it, really. I guess I was... I've always been kind of clueless in that regard. Well, I think so that's it's, well. That's the sign that you know times are changing, and I guess being clueless now is probably not really an excuse anymore. And I'm not saying you have to do anything about it. I'm just saying you have to be aware of it. And I think. Oh no! And know, trust me, I've really started paying attention. I mean, it's well, that's it's, good. Uh, that's good. But you know, but you know, like, we have to acknowledge the fact that we are a bunch of middle-aged, and that's being generous, middle-aged white guys. You know, all gathering around, you know, yabbering on about audio hardware. So we have to acknowledge our, our own demographic and go, we're white and we're of a certain age and, and have a certain dis- level of disposable income. You know, so it's just a bu- like a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of middle aged crabby cranky pants. <laughs> well, and you know what? If you even if you if you even take all of that, all of the things that you just mentioned out of the equation. And just define it by people of any makeup that are interested, excited, obsessed, focused on a little bit better sound quality than what comes out of, you know, um, Mm. Bose or Sonos or whatever. Just that, I mean, just putting that one filter takes it down to point zero 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 one percent sure I mean, it's like with anything yeah. it's like with cars cameras watches food um you know i mean how many women have a louis vuitton purse or a chanel purse versus a three hundred dollar purse or a hundred dollar purse mm. i mean it's it's you know once you become discriminating in anything whatever it is you like you're you're way in the minority and i think it's easy at least again my my limited experience what i've seen with the people i know that are excited about audio um because a lot of times we'll have (sighs) friends with similar interests Mm. um it's easy it's easy to forget how not ramped up everyone else is i think um i you know what i think too and i mean again give me your perspective on this I, i think a lot of people get scared because they think that if they want to pursue this better sound quality thing that it either a has to be hard or b that they're going to get stuck in that boat with all these nerds and you know you you really you you don't have to be i guess what i always try to tell people is look you know you don't have to be part of that club 
just because you'd like to have your music sound a little bit better. I mean, that's it's perfectly fine to want to hear your music a little bit better. That doesn't mean you have to become an <clears throat> audiophile. You know, it's okay. You know, I say so. I say it like this, Jeff: is that people buy Beats headphones because they want a little bit of Dr. Dre to rub off on them. That's the branding, right? That's that's how Nike works. That's how Coke works. Everything, right? Everything works like that. So when people look at the audiophile world and look at those four thousand dollar pair of headphones that weigh half a ton, not only is that off-putting, but they kind of go, "Well, I don't want this world that I see." to rub off on me. I don't want that. Like, that's not me. <clears throat> Do you see what I mean? So whatever you, exactly. whatever you engage with, no matter how good it sounds or doesn't sound or how good it feels, the people that are promoting it or using it or endorsing it are important factors in, as to why you would choose to buy these things because that rubs off on you a little bit. Well, and there are, I mean, it's something, you know, it's something I've tried to focus on a lot too with what we're doing here. I mean, I've noticed, I guess I would say my, again, my limited experience has been audio people, car people, all of that. They're, they either fall into one of, my experience is that they've, all the ones I've met have fallen into one of two categories. They're, they're the ones that have a pretty rich life and they're pretty excited about anything that takes you beyond the mainstream experience whether it's a car a camera mm -hmm. a vacation yeah. um whatever or there's the ones that are very um one-dimensional mm. and hi-fi is everything and it's consuming and it's their entire life and all they do is upgrade their system and buy more music and 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 i and i get that i mean i think i think um Everybody gets their joy in a certain aspect of this, but but again, I've really seen it divided into the two camps. So the ones that like other things, you know, there's there's more, you know, music and hi-fi is more part of their life. It's not just their sole pursuit. So, mm. I mean, I was thinking about this this morning actually because I got another email from a manufacturer who makes you know speakers, passive speakers, they their wooden boxes. And because I, I'm inundated with, you know, review requests, I'm sure you are, I have to draw the line somewhere and say, well, this is what I'm going to do now. So I'm really focusing on stuff that looks cool, stuff that where people come to my house and go, I want one of those because it looks awesome. Or you've shown me what it does, John, and I really liked its functionality. That's a terrible word, but you know what I mean? No, no, I agree. I mean, hey, and again, even if talking about passive speakers, I can tell you from 15 years of doing mm. this every time i've had a pair any pair of sonus faber speakers in the living mm. room and someone comes over their wife girlfriend friend always says you can put a pair of those in the living room wow okay interesting yeah you can have that um you know a couple of years back when when i still had a dvla a friend of mine and his wife came over and she said, where's your stereo? And I said, that's it. And and he was someone who had, I mean, and no disrespect to my friends at Audio Research, but he had a whole stack of ARC ref stuff at home. And she said, this would replace that big stack of stuff we have at home? I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, yeah. I, she looks at him and said, I want that. Get that. And I said, well, it's about... 20k she goes yeah sell that stuff you have and get this she goes i want this did, did your friend and... never speak to you again after that <laughs> well no he bought a dvla for okay. the living room and he moved the audio research stuff into a different room mm. for him 
But but again, once his wife got the DVLA, and and again, it doesn't. This doesn't have to be a woman thing. I I see it as a person who wasn't previously into hi-fi right. thing. Um, here was a person who previously wasn't listening, wasn't into hi-fi, and did not engage music on the big system. Was listening to music all the mm. time, you know. And to me, that's really cool. I mean, because now you have somebody who enjoys their music a lot more, and they enjoy the experience. And you know, it. I mean, on a lot of levels, it it brought them a little closer together <clears throat> because they were now they were both listening to music, right. and you know, she was finding music she liked, and he, you know, so that to me, I I think, you know, I, nothing wrong with making the stuff look cool and inviting, and certainly nothing wrong with making it user friendly, right? Not at all. No, I mean, I think one of the one of the things I love most about the Diviole, I've got one here actually sat next to me, um, is is the remote control and the volume knob. Speaking of volume knobs, there you go. Right. So that right, that's the best one there is. Because the the most fun I ever have with music is the moment where I go, I really want to turn this up, and cl clicking buttons right. on a remote or on a phone is nowhere near as satisfying as putting your hand on a volume control and just turning it and cranking it. And I get yes. the same experience yes. from or similar experience from the name Unity Atom, which has that massive volume knob on the top, yes, which is, I think, is the number one selling point of that device. Because it gives you that feeling. It's just awesome. People have gotten so used to using an app or using a remote control that they've almost forgotten mm. that you can actually just turn it up that way. And... You know, um, I mean, again, I'm so damn old. I remember there back in back in my day. You know, they didn't have remote controls, and uh, and as as one one European manufacturer told us, uh, somebody on the staff was saying something about, you know, hey, there's no app for this thing. There's no remote, and he said, hey, you Americans all need some extra steps anyway, <laughs> which I thought was his. I it's thought really it was funny, hysterical. Yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right, dude. I do need some extra <laughs> steps. So, you know. It's that, that's yeah, good. I think, I think the you know, you know, with sort of stuff, sort of computers are really sort of evaporating or causing physical things to evaporate. So like, yes, most people don't have a CD collection anymore. Everything is streamed or their photos on their computers. So all of this digital gear is is eroding physical experiences in life. And as you've just said, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with hi-fi gear, digital volume controls have they've basically kicked big physical volume knobs to the curb. And I really think they need to come back. Like the big ones on, like my dad had one of those Sansui um, amplifiers when I was a kid. And it, you know, and oh, it's yeah. satisfying to turn these things, right? Well, you know what else? It was, it was primitive interface design, okay? Because on that Sansui, that volume control was the biggest control on the front panel. So you could walk up to that mm. instantly and know that's where you right. turn it up. And it felt good. And I'm really glad, I'm really glad that yes. the name, Divile, people like that are paying attention to that and bringing that experience back because I think it's very important for people to be able to touch the things that they use. And there's also an interesting analogy going on in music production. Um, I've been to a lot of, uh, well, I went to a, an event called Superbooth here in Berlin about a month ago. And it's, a, it's just, a, it's like a hi-fi show, but it's for modular synthesizers. And modular synthesizers, they're having a bit of a, a renaissance because people are just, I think they're a bit over 
using just a keyboard and a mouse to make music and they want to go back to using their hands with patch cables and turning knobs and flipping switches and the the old pitch control wheel like on a yamaha dx7 um, totally 80s i don't know and, what that ah uh, do i know what that is that's terrible i don't know what that is but where they go oh that bend the, yeah, okay the wheel yes Google. i know what you mean yes yeah no Google, i know what it is. when you have is, yeah. time yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's, it's not that that thing i think was still digital i think i could be wrong but this these modular synthesizers are all no they're mostly analog but it's not really the analog thing that i think people are, it's the same reason people are drawn to vinyl they're drawn to these synths because it's a hands-on process they can use their hands and i think people really enjoy experiences now that take them away from feeling like they're sending an email or checking facebook because everything you know like no i agree <laughs> i agree i couldn't agree with so, you more this is why people like cassettes it's not because they sound any good the sound quality is, is, is irrelevant to them it's the fact they've got something to touch and they can pull it out drop it in the player and click play that to them feels satisfying i can definitely see that especially since there's been a long enough time now where they haven't really been part of the the mainstream lexicon you know so the well <clears throat> there's something about i mean there's obviously something fun about being able to string together a quick cool playlist in whatever streaming mm -hmm. format you love you know i mean that's great and but there there was really something back to the amount of time and care and effort and brain power it took to make a mixtape on a cassette because you'd have to, you'd have to sit there and you know get out your calculator and go <laughs> okay I've got 45 minutes on this mm. side if I put all these tracks together or if you were just kind of freestyling it yourself there was that excitement when you would you would that last track would come to an end just as the tape ended if you could do that you were the shit mm. you know that you could get <laughs> you could get 40 44 58 on a cassette I mean that was the thing and so, you know, I mean, it's and it's and it's just, you know, yeah, you may not want to listen to that exact group of songs again tomorrow, but it, it was still that was kind of because, you know, you'd spend a whole day making a cool tape and getting your records out and, you know, and matching levels and all of that. And there's just I mean, again, for me, both mm. things have value. I mean, there are times where I want the easy thing because that's what I need. And there's sometimes where I really appreciate taking the time to what's the fancy word i take the time to curate a list of dunes i hate oh, I that don't word, mind by it. the way i mean i'm i'm a bit i i don't like it because it's overused okay <laughs> everybody's five-year-old kid is now curating their slipper collection you know it's like no 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 they they curate a collection of art for the louvre they don't curate um you know six different flavors of orange juice boxes to drink on mm. you know whatever i think I i'm getting uh, to be crabby i'm okay. getting to be you a cranky, cranky pants now so <laughs> i think the better word here now. is filter i mean for example like what you and yes. i both do with our review websites is we filter so we say not this gear but this gear and this is what we choose to write about or you know make podcasts about or whatever and we act as a filter for our audience and people come to us because of that filter yes right 
So you can, we can call it cur curation. Well, and my, my hope is always that we can get the filter correct, that, that I can find them the things that they're going to like and go, hey, wow, mm. yeah, this is cool. This is, this is what I was looking mm. for. Right. So talking of words that um, you don't like, I've got one that I don't like. And I'm going to ask you what you think it means. Because it's a, it's a tricky one, okay? Okay. So this is a word that gets used a lot in audio reviews and just is thrown around an awful lot. Musicality. What does it mean? Well, I'm guilty of once in a while too, but I try I, I try to stay away from that one too because I mean, you know, it's like the it's like these guys in America that are doing these um, mm. music matters mm -hmm. events. Well, if music doesn't matter, why are you fucking selling hi-fi in the first place if music doesn't matter? Right? Um, but I, I guess I guess the word for me is always more instead of musicality, because to me it should all be the goal of all this stuff should be to reproduce music. But as we all know, I mean, I look at buying high-end audio more like buying art, you know? Um some people like the French Impressionists, some people like Andy Warhol, you know, and that doesn't mean either mm. of them are bad. But I, I, I guess for me, I, if something if I read a review and it said something has a high level of musicality, um, I guess I, I associate that with, I guess, a natural tone that a violin actually sounds so like a violin. Just say that because it's more specific. Well, I I'm do not, say that. So not but, you, um, just, you know, when I say why not say generally. Yeah, but I mean, but by the same token, that might not be the system that has more of a musically natural feel to it may not be the perfect system to listen to your favorite hip-hop tracks on or your favorite, you know, mm. electronica on or any of those things really loud. You know, I mean, it's one thing to listen to one person sitting on a chair in the middle of a room playing an acoustic guitar. Um, you know, that system that does that perfectly may not play Kanye loud mm. at concert hall level and vice versa. So I, I guess for me, when, when describing something like that, I, I guess I, I see it as more trying to target target the right listener because some people have a more, you know, a tighter focus, a tighter filter mm. on what they listen to. I mean, if you're just listening to chamber music, you have way different requirements for a hi-fi than somebody like us that listens to a pretty wide range mm. of yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm not just sure that gets the the bottom of trying to define what this word means but that's okay that's kind of my point is that there's not really a shared definition and then when there's no shared definition there's no meaning i mean if i say right well it's hard for everybody else to get the message it's hard for it's hard for somebody else to just walk in on your narrative i mean it's it's i remember when 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 we were working with another editor he told me to try and make your articles more 
encapsulated, more all in one. He said, you, you can't assume that people have been following your dialogue for an issue, 10 issues, 50 right, issues, yeah. 100 issues. He said, you have to you have to kind of put it forward so that somebody can just join the party mm. and know what's going on. So that's I, a good I, point. Yeah, I agree, I agree yeah. with you totally on the, you know, what does musicality yeah. mean? You know, I mean, to me, it just means natural. I mean, that's that's the word I would use in place of, mm. you know, musicality. It's it's got a it's got a more natural, um, you know, more a more natural tonality. A more, um, I guess, for me, it's almost a, a true to what acoustic instruments would sound like. That that's what musicality means to me. It's genre specific so. in many ways. Uh. I think so. Yeah, because I mean, again, a lot of the music that you and I listen to um, doesn't have a reference. I mean, you can go listen to a Steinway and a Bosendorfer and a Yamaha and a couple of other pianos in a room and go, oh, that's mm. what that piano sounds like. Oh, that's what that piano sounds like. But what does a Fender Stratocaster sound like? Um what does a what does a rolling keyboard sound like? Well, it depends on what you plug it into and what effects you use. So there's not a there's not an ultimate reference mm. to those things that you can go back and go, oh yeah, that sounds. I mean, you can say, yeah, that sounds like a vintage Fender Stratocaster played through a vintage stack of Marshall <laughs> amps. Blah 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 blah. But how many people have done that, right? You know, so. <laughs> it rocks. That's what it rocks. And, um, you know, and, and so or it it punches above its weight class. What the fuck does that mean? It punches yeah. above its weight. Well, class. Uh, uh, yeah. Or it doesn't break a sweat. Yeah. I think the other one is um, it gets out of the way of the music. <laughs> I can't stand that one. Yeah. And I've been guilty of that one. Yeah. I've been guilty of that one. Um, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm guilty of that one. <laughs> guilty as charged. It gets out of the way. Well, I think, I guess for me, what gets out of the way means is does something sound engaging enough, whether it's natural, correct, whatever. Is a piece of gear or is a system engaging enough that you're not thinking about so the system at all? with that, okay, so where I go with that is that, you know, when we try, see, I see my job is, is to write about sound. And because I don't do measurements, I'm writing from a subject point of view, sub subjective point of view. But what I try and do within that subjective and within those confines of subjectivity is maximize the objective nature of what what it is something does. So I will say it has, you know, if I say it has, if I say a DAC is bright, you and I both know what that means, right? We might have different, we might have different yes. ideas of how, you know, what, you know, what constitutes you know, we might have different thresholds for brightness, but we know it's tending towards a certain quality, right? So you, I can communicate that. Or if I say something, you know, the, the vocals really pop out. <clears throat> if I say that about a speaker, you probably know what that means as well. It's my job to communicate in as much of an objective way as possible the, the sound quality of a piece of gear. And I don't mean... Do I like it? Because whether I like it is irrelevant. Like who the But it's it's just you know I'm trying to describe how it sounds usually relative to something else because that tends to help. But if something has a standout quality like this, like you could say for example Divier Phantoms, right? 
they have an enormous base. And I mean, I don't mean ba- I don't mean fat and flabby. I just yes. mean there's a lot of it. It's it's pretty tight, but there's a lot of it. Right. So so I'm trying my best to be objective within my subjective confines. But saying um, I don't know, like calling it musical for me just means I really like it, and that it doesn't communicate. Communi- to me, just calling it musical means you don't you you can't you're not able to define it any further than right. that, and you it, haven't done yes. your homework. I mean, it's tell me why it's musical because again okay if if you were listening to knowing a lot of the music that you enjoy um mm. of which i enjoy a lot of that too but i mean if you're listening to a pair of ls35 a's and you're playing cruder and dorfmeister you're like well these things are great but they don't have any fucking bass you know and if you're listening to those dvla phantoms and you're listening to a string quartet you're going well, these things kick ass and they have a lot of bass, but the violins don't really sound like violins. Well, yeah. So the thing is, again, I think is always to try and define it, Hmm. like you're saying, in that context, so that the person in the audience goes, yeah, but I need more bass. Hmm. Hey, if that's what you want, it's like, you know, if that's what you want, this might be something you'd enjoy then. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong or the best or class A. It just means that, you know, you might like this shade of green better than that mm. shade of green. And it's and it doesn't have to be any more than that, really. Right. So, you know, I guess what I want people to do is have a better understanding of how something might sound after having read a review, review that I've written. They might not understand everything, but they might go, like, oh, well, I've got a better handle on what that might do for me and my musical tastes or not. So that's my job. Sure. And that's yeah. all you need to do. I mean, if you do that and, and people have read you long enough and a lot of people really like you out there. So they're like, hey, if John Darko likes this, I should go mm. check it out. That's really it. You know, it's it's like, hey, here's something I've listened to. I like it. Here's why I like it. Here's what it does for me. Um, go to your dealer. Go to a show. See if you mm. like it as much but as I do. I, the why I like it is the most important part there. Yeah, here's yeah, yeah. why you like it. This is this is what I like about this piece. Or, you know, some pieces of gear, um, some will offer up for a certain price point. Some will offer more musicality <laughs> and less functionality. Yes, That's yes, important for some people. For some yeah. people, it isn't, you know. And so it's just trying to, I guess, I think all we're trying to do is help them, you know, spend their money in a way that they'll be happy. And not be a cranky pants. Yeah, don't. Yes, know. becoming a cranky pants is the epitome of audiophile cliche. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, then sell it. You know, <laughs> I mean, if if I mean, I I mean, really, it's like if you if you buy a set of speakers and you don't like them, sell them and get something else. I mean, experience is what you get when you don't get what you mm. want. I mean, that's what it's about. And I mean, and hopefully that's what you and I and the other people that do this bring to the table because if you go to a facebook page or you go to a hi-fi forum the guy that has magna pants thinks that's the best speaker in the world because a Mm. he's bought them and b he wants validation or Mm. she whatever they it you know they want Mm -hmm. validation but it's not about that it's trying to help you find that thing that you're going to be that excited about i mean if i consider like if i get something in for a review it's all, It's not about me. It's not about whether I like it or not. It's right. about how other people are going to find this product. Like, how are they going to 
you know, interact with it or whether they're going to enjoy its sonic attributes or not, or whether it's relevant to, as you say, string quartets or hip hop or, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's really not. It's not about you either, Jeff. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and, you know, like what you were mentioning <clears throat> earlier about the, the tactile mm. experience, some people really, really yes. enjoy that. And some people get that, but some people don't yeah. care about that. So, you know, so again, if you've described what you're you're experiencing as best as you can, that person reading that review that you've done will say, oh, well, that doesn't matter to me. I want to know if it has mm. a great app. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So this last week, I went to see a loudspeaker manufacturer here in Berlin, and they're called Head, H-E-D-D. Um, it's run by the guy that used to be the kind of the big cheese at Adam Audio. Um, so that basically they make pro audio monitors. I guess that's a simplistic way to look at what they do. Haven't they been around for a really long time? Because that sounds so familiar. Adam have, but the new company head has only been operating two years. But it's run by a guy who's okay. been, he's been around a long time. His name's Klaus Heinz. Really lovely guy. Super nice guy. Okay. Um, and very humble as well. But he's got this AMT tweeter. But that's not why I mention him. Why I mention him is because when I was interviewing him last week, he said something really interesting. And that it was basically that people who try and use a loudspeaker hi-fi system to reproduce a live event in their home, uh, they're not even living in la-la land. They're living in la. They're not even, even close to understanding why this is absolutely not possible and he said it the main reason is it's because it's down to the directivity of instruments depending upon which frequency they are playing at the time so different frequencies have different directivities i think that's what he said so a loudspeaker can't possibly begin to capture that those directional changes from different notes from the same instrument so you know, I was I had to I had to double check with him. You know, I was asking like, so you're saying that people cannot reproduce a live event in their home with a loudspeaker system, and that's essentially what he was saying. And that, well, again, I think it depends on the event. I mean, one one person, three people singing a cappella, one guy playing an acoustic guitar, or a violin, or a flute, mm. or something like that. Um, no, Jeff, that was that was the, exactly the kind of event he was talking about. Just a, acoustic music. He said that it's just a pipe dream, essentially. You, people are... People... You know, I guess I'd have to disagree because I've heard a couple of really, really mm. good systems that, boy, were, were really pretty breathtaking that, you know, you thought, wow, I could close my eyes and that person sounds sure, like but, they're right but that, there. It's, um, it may be a, a good facsimile, but it's not really getting close to... If you've had the same people performing live in the same room, is what he was saying. I mean, this guy's. I mean, hmm. I I don't understand enough about acoustics to even begin to challenge this guy's assertions. I mean, he's been doing loudspeaker designs for forty years, so I have to kind of go with. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, and again, I think for the most part, and I mean, unless again, you certainly aren't going to get close to that unless you've spent a ton of cash and you spent a ton of time doing a room. So for the average person. Yes, you're not going to get close yeah, to that. Yeah, but I just thought it yeah. was really interesting because I, it's always bugged me when people have said, 
I'm trying to create the live event in my room. I think this is this just no, you're well, and you know what? Part of it, and maybe this is what he was trying to say, and that's how I'm interpreting it. Part of it too is just the sheer size. I mean, look at look at um, it's like okay, my friend John Hunter at Rel always does hmm. tall subwoofers because he said to me once, he said, he said, when you're outside and you hear a gunshot, he said. Bass doesn't just come at you from mm. a little cube on the floor. He said bass comes at mm. you from all around your body. And so it's kind of like that. I mean, when you go see a live event at a big show, at a big venue, you're not just hearing music piped through two tiny little speakers. You're hearing music through a whole wall of sound, right, right. really. Well, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, but... so... yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll say, okay. I just, that, I don't, uh... <laughs> I'm just saying it's really interesting because it's the first time I've, I've ever heard somebody say um, that it's not possible and here's why. I, I, so it was doubly interesting for me. But it's also, it was just, just a, a counterpoint to, to the idea that it is possible, which seems to be the cornerstone of many people's pursuit with hi-fi. And I've always thought, the absolute well, sound. There you go. Yeah, We're all see, in the quest I've for the absolute sound. I've always thought that like a live show and a hi-fi system are two different experiences, like a theater and a movie, like a theater play and a movie are two different experiences. I just, you know, right. it's just, no, no, I'm with that's, you. That's me. And that's you. And that's how we feel about this thing. And that's, but then again, that's how I come at this stuff. I'm not coming at it from a like, well, this sounds as realistic as possible. No, I, I don't care about that. I just put that to one side. Is it fun? Do right. I enjoy it? And then, then why I enjoy it? I mean, we're getting pretty meta again about this, but yeah, I just think that's interesting. So, okay, let's let's wrap with um, a couple of things. Let's wrap with um, okay, so like a recommended a piece of gear that you are really digging at the moment, or you've seen, you think is really cool, or just something that stands out for you at the moment, Jeff. Well, you know, I. I... I got to give my buddy Matt at VPI a plug because that that Cliffwood table of his for 900 bucks mm. um, is a really good contender. You know, we've we've actually got on the cover of the new issue of Tone that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. But we're, we're, we're doing we've got the the techniques, the 1200 GR, the Riga P6 mm -hmm. and the Cliffwood. And they're all really, really exciting turntables from you know three corners of the analog world japan uk yes. and now us yeah and they're they're all offering up you know a lot of performance a lot of you know not only a lot of performance but a lot of um quality construction mm. really for a, a, a not a crazy amount of money i mean you know you've bought your first turntable for a couple hundred dollars and now you'd like to step up to a little bit more than that these are offering all three of these in their own separate way hmm. are offering a pretty big jump up from the entry level turntable. Those are pretty exciting. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with those. Um, I think I think what I'm looking at with stuff is do certain components reveal more music than other components? You know where where you put that record on that you've listened to a hundred times and you you either drop the stylus or you play the speakers. And you 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 hear further into the music than you could before. I would call that, or maybe yeah, I would call that a sense of transparency. 
You know, the other thing I've been playing with a lot that I really like too, I guess, are these Pure Audio Project um, Trio 15s. I don't even know what they are. Sorry. Check those out. They're these open baffle horn oh, things. Oh, I have with, seen those. Yes. Are they the ones? With 15-inch woofers? Are they, they, they curve, the, the baffle curves at the front. Is that right? Yes. Yes, yes. I have seen those. And, they look really interesting. Yes. Yes. They're really interesting. They're, they're really cool. Mm. Again, you know, they've kind of got that big open sound like a Magnapan. I love that sound. Yep. But they've got the punchy sound. It's like if it's like if you could breed a Magnapan and a Klipsch and you could get that punch oh, that wow. you get with a kind of a horn dynamic speaker, mm. but you get that big, cool, open, airy, swimming in the sound thing like you get with a pair of Magnapans. Okay. And they only need five watts to rock out, which is really cool. They're like 96 or 98 dB. And they're called, so, they're called the Pure Audio, Audio what? Pure Audio Project. Okay. I'll try, probably well, Check those out. See if you like those. Okay. I'll have a look at that. All right. Yeah. Well, time for me to kind of give a shout out to um, Ken Ball at Campfire Audio because I find who's just down the street from yeah, me. Yeah, right. So I've unboxed his new entry level IEMs today, and I'm actually using them right now to listen to you. Um, they're called the Comet, and they're uh, okay. They're just so beautifully made. I, I mean, they're a couple of hundred bucks, but they're so much better than the. Uh, I've been. I've been. I've kind of had this. Um, I've been I had this phase recently in buying a lot of cheap twenty dollar Chinese IEMs from Amazon or wherever because okay. I buy one and somebody says no this one's better then somebody else says this one's better so I buy them all and listen to them and they're all good in a certain way but then you know just plugging in these campfires they're more expensive but then I go yeah I know why these are more expensive and they're made of oh my god I, th I want to say they're made of stainless steel I think they are. But they're like highly polished. They look very unique, and they sound. He makes he great does, stuff. And they, but he just takes so much care in how things look and sound. And it's a single. I think it's a single balanced amateur driver which he has tuned. He spent a lot of time tuning the output. So it, they just sound terrific, Jeff. They really do, and they look. They look good. They're a the kind of earphone you you would own for a long time, not a disposable pair like the Chinese stuff that I buy. Um, and they've got you know they just. Um, they're the kind of things that you would stop people in the street to ask them what they were if you saw them. You'd be like, what are those? They look cool. Well, and you know what? That's in keeping what you were talking about earlier. Mm. It's like, here's a product that sounds great and looks really cool and has a pride of ownership attached to and it. And that's the kind of stuff I'm really into these days. Well, I have to go see Ken because he's he really, that guy has always been doing fantastic work he's and he's a great guy too i mean ken ball is one of the nicest human beings in high-end audio bar none and he so. I, I also like him because he doesn't listen to bullshit audio farm music he listens to like dj crush and stuff like that ken really is his brand in many ways but he um he's very conscientious and he's you know takes a lot of pride in what he does and it, and won't cut corners and I, you can see this in these earphones so they're called the comet i think they're a couple of hundred bucks what else are you? What else are you listening to that you're enjoying? Well, I've already hammered the shit out of the name stuff today. I mean, yes. I, I've been listening to yes. that nonstop the last week or so. But today, today is very exciting actually because um, I've got a pair of Fujitsu Eclipse loudspeakers that have just arrived. You know the kind of egg-shaped things, the original egg-shaped loudspeakers before the Phantom. So these are passives, but they look like they're. 
I guess I would call them retro futurist looking speakers. I mean, yeah, yeah. So did you just buy these for fun because you really no, like them? They sent them to me to just to play with for hopefully a few months, actually, just to, you know, just to use them with the amps. Because I've been, you know, obviously I've been very proactive loudspeakers of late, but I don't want to neglect the people that want to make a choice about their amplifiers. And therefore I need interesting passive loudspeakers to go with them. And I've always been sort of fascinated by the Fujitsu stuff. So I, I finally bumped into him in Munich and said, look, can you send me a pair to use with my, my name amps and then a Hegel amp I've got coming up and then others, you know, in the future? Because I think they they look what I would consider or what I, would, what I actually call Futurefy. They look like they're from the future and they're single drivers. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. These are, these are super are. cool. My, my buddy in Australia had a pair. Well, I think he's still got them. And I remember them sounding absolutely fantastic. So they, they but they don't look like old man speakers, which I nothing wrong you with that. You know what? But. Hey, dude, you're talking. <laughs> you're you're talking to the guy who has bright orange focals ah, in the so room. You yeah, know, you know what I'm coming from. Look, I, I yeah, I should I mean, qualify if, that and say I, yeah. I do really enjoy the sound of Harbeth, but the look of them, you know, I'm not crash hot on the looks. But that's me. That's just no. that's me, and you know where I choose to apply my focus because I said before. I can't review or write about everything, so I have to filter somewhere. So this is the filter I apply, stuff that looks kind of really interesting. So people come over and go, what the hell is that? I want that, right? Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, Rado's sending me a pair of bright lime Lamborghini green something or other. And, you know, they said, yeah, we know you'll like right. this. And, because colors uh, are interesting. You know, uh, oh yeah, I mean it's uh, one of one of the guys on my staff just got a pair of um, Focal Sopra threes, mm. and it was really funny because he said he goes yeah he goes I don't want those weird orange ones like you have <laughs> and um, <laughs> what's weird about that I, I think I think we need more color in audio gear right who's here's a question then who's doing lots of color who's who, which manufacturers are really pushing the color envelope focal is one um focal rado um well i guess wilson you can get custom mm. colors but they don't really push it micromega um, who make the amplifiers that they kind of like they're doing yeah, some really to, cool colors which is focals, nice right um yeah and uh Let's see who else is doing color. Um, the the guys at um, Alta Audio, some of their smaller speakers, you can you can custom order, and some mm. they're offering some custom finishes, which is nice. So, so Clayton Shaw, um, Spatial, he does red and white speakers. I love the red. Um, that's me. I love red stuff. You know, I think the guy at Pure Audio Project offers bright red yeah. too. Um, but yeah, we could we could definitely we could use more of that. I mean, you know, I wish honestly. I wish Bowers and Wilkins would do some colors because they have such an amazing mm. paint shop in their facility. I mean, the last time I was there at the factory, they had a bunch of guys in lab coats from Rolls Royce there. And, you know, I said, hey, was uh, um, are, are they teaching you a few tricks? They go, no, we're teaching them a few tricks. I mean, the the level of finish quality on Bowers and Wilkins stuff is better than any luxury car I've ever seen. And it would be it would be really cool. I mean, even you know what? Even our buddy Matt at VPI is starting to offer his tables oh, in a couple that. of yeah, colors. Yeah. And 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 it doesn't mean it has to be like a pink for girls yeah. kind of thing. Because quite honestly, I'd buy a pink turntable in a heartbeat. 
You know, what do you think of these um, turntables so, that are coming out of Riga and Project that are um, band branded? So like a, a Beatles turntable, a Queen turntable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of fun. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I would buy that because I don't know if I would stay interested yeah. in that. But to I think it's, like it's a tattoo, fun. Tattoo. Um, I can't be in, into that band long yes. enough to want to have them on my turntable every day. Right. It's not that, it's not right. that I go off them. Right. But it's just no, like, I agree. You know, your favorite bands, they sort of come and go, right? And they come back and they go away again. And right. So, yeah, I, and I wouldn't want to nominate one band. So if I wanted to have those kind of things, I would need to have 15 turntables and rotate them, you know? But weird bands like The The. Well, but but I mean, I still I still think I still say bravo to them for not just making the same basic black or white. So, you know, anything in that direction is a is a good push. But I mean, certainly, I mean, there's a handful of speaker companies. I mean, Bowers and Wilkins, Dyn Audio, Sonus Faber. I mean, guys that Focal, guys that are making stuff at such a high level of quality fit and finish mm. as it is. It would be so easy to make that a slight upcharge, you know, give people the option because I think that would get more high. That again would get more hi-fi into the house, which goes back to what you were talking about, about, Hey, what's that? Um, you know, the guys at audio physic, they offer a few color palette choices and I think they're doing, I know they're doing red. I think they're offering a couple of other bright colors. That's kind of cool rather than Mm. just the wood. Because, uh, you know, not everybody's house <laughs> suits that. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Dynaudio launched the ZO2 at CES a few years ago. They had the little white one, the little black one, which they released. But they had a whole range of colors on display. But Mike Manoselis, is that his name? The guy, the US guy, right? He said, oh, yes. these are just test samples. We're not, we're not sure we're going to you know, push ahead with these. And I remember saying to him at the time, why the hell not? The red looks good. The turquoise looks good. The yellow is fun. Why not give people the option? But I, but then again, I don't know what it costs to supply those or keep stock of those SKUs and how it impacts a dealer, you know? I think that's the problem. I think it's the problem where you always get the guy mm. on the retail end that says, oh, you've got a turquoise one and an orange one and a green one. If you had a pink one, I'd buy that, but, you know? But again, I suggest considering how efficient most of these bigger companies are in their manufacturing i would think i mean my god if porsche can make cars paint a sample why can't um why can't these other guys do it on a on a, on a, and do it just box? a special order you don't have to so no one no one has it in stock yeah and i'd well. pay extra for that yeah. i'd happily pay extra for that yeah i don't know but but the color thing does make it more interesting i'm not asking for a wacky rainbow every time I turn around and you know see this this speakers are available, but I think what I'm the the point I'm trying to make here, or the point we're trying to make collectively, is we are seeing more color in audio gear than ever before, and I think that's a great thing. All right, one more thing then. So, how about um, a recommended album that you're really digging at the moment? Yeah, that's a hard one for me because this last month I've had so much stuff going on family-wise. I haven't I haven't done my mm. usual, you know, exploration into new stuff. I've been I've been listening to a lot of older jazz and stuff. I've been there's I forget what page it is on Facebook. Let me see what this is. Yeah, it's Jazz Vinyl mm. Lovers on Facebook. And so 
I've been kind of catching up on some jazz, and I, like I told you in Munich, I cannot discuss that genre of music intelligently. But I've just been, I've just been watching what mm. those guys are liking, and a lot of it's been available on Title, so I've been uh-huh. streaming that. That's been really cool. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to a couple of things. So the new John Hopkins album is Singularity. Um, it's it's electronic. Okay. It's, it's yeah, it's fairly epic. It's nice. It's pleasant. More interesting though is well, there's a, there's a phenomenon I find in the electronic music world where often a guy like a, a DJ or a producer's also a woman, um, th- their DJ sets are often more interesting than their albums. And so recently, Nathan Fake, who's a British electronic guy, put out an album called Providence, which is okay. It's you know it's fairly interesting. But he did a DJ set for Dick Mantel or Dick Mantel. I don't know how you say that. Um, it's like a podcast, and it is awesome. So if you're really into that okay. kind of like Syro Aphex Twin stuff, this is going to be right up your street, Jeff. So it's so it's Nathan Fake's Dick Mantel podcast. I'll put a link in the description of this podcast so people can find it pretty easily. It's you know it's it's intense okay, at times, perfect. but I think it is absolutely f- awesome. I love it. Really cool. You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and Tone Audio's Jeff Dorgay.